Welcome to the Align with Spirit podcast. The Align with Spirit podcast is a program that takes a look at life through the lens of metaphysical occult, new thought, comparative religion, and new age philosophy. Each week, a new topic is reviewed and explored. Topics range from practical self-help advice and holistic self-healing to the paranormal, supernatural, and the mystical in nature. Our host is John Culbertson. He is an ordained metaphysical minister and certified metaphysical mind practitioner. He is also a Reiki master, shamanic practitioner, a Wiccan priest, a tarot card reader, and an astrologer. Before being ordained as a metaphysical minister, he had previously been ordained as an evangelical Christian minister. He is also a lifelong student of psychology and counseling, having degrees in both the psychology of human behavior and spiritual counseling. Now it's time to quiet our mind and open our soul as we align with spirit. Hello and welcome to the Align with Spirit podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about avoiding psychic fraud. Did you know that avoiding psychic fraud can be easy when you are armed with the knowledge of what exactly to look for? Today, I'll explore with you not only the signs to be on the lookout for, but I'll also talk about how much a psychic should charge, the best method for finding a good reader, and some important questions that you should consider asking before paying for a private session. According to a 2001 Gallup poll, roughly 50% of people polled believe in psychic powers. And another 27% was undecided if they believed it or not. In hard economical times, according to Danbury News Times, the number of people seeking advice through psychics, clairvoyants, and fortune tellers has skyrocketed. It doesn't matter if it's for entertainment or if a person hopes to find real answers. Some people seek out the help of those skilled in paranormal abilities. But exactly how do you find a respectable and reputable psychic? So, if you're looking for a psychic, here are some signs that the psychic that you are looking at or that you're working with is most likely a fraud. Number one, if the psychic tells you that you are cursed and that for a fee they can lift that curse. If they tell you that, they are a fraud. First of all, curses don't exist. Anyone that believes that curses exist, they're creating that in their life. Sorry to tell you. I've had a number of clients come to me over the years and say, I was told that I was cursed. And so I would do a clearing on them. And I wouldn't charge them for it. And they were always astounded about the fact that I never charged to clear them of a curse. What they didn't know and what I didn't tell them was that there was no curse to begin with. That the only curse was what they were making up in their subconscious mind. Once they believed that the curse had been removed, guess what? Their life got better. And the same kind of family of things that frauds may tell you, some will say that your future looks horrible, but for extra money, they can fix it. No one's future is totally horrible. 
There's good, there's bad, there's ugly in every person's life. Many people, I believe, go and get psychic readings because they believe that by knowing about the future, they're going to be able to change it. And one of the things that I tell my advanced clients, those people that I've been working with for a long time, it's that at some point in time, you have to take responsibility for your life. You have to stop turning your life over to other people, including psychics. You and you alone have the ability to manifest and create the life that you want to live. And you can't depend upon a psychic to tell you what's going to happen because only you can determine what's going to happen in the future. So why do people get psychic readings from me then? Well, one of the things that I tell all my clients, and I think it's very important, is that we come and get a psychic reading to find out where things are headed currently. That is, if nothing changes, what does it look like is happening? Where does it look like things are going to go? And we can use that information to help us determine what things, if any, we need or want to change in our life. But again, no person's future is entirely horrible. And certainly, you can't pay me to fix your future. You can't pay anyone to fix your future. Here's another example of what a fraud may say. Evil spirits are all around you, but for some extra money, I can get rid of them. Everyone has spirits around them all the time anyways. This is nothing new. We all are connected to ancestors. We all are connected to spiritual beings. And I don't need to pay someone to get rid of those spiritual beings. Most of the time, I simply have to tell them, go away. And that's true again for anyone. This idea of psychic fraud is something I'm very passionate about. I've been working in this field for well over 20 years at this point. And I become very offended when someone says that I'm just trying to take money from gullible people. There are certainly many readers out there where that is their priority, is to see how much money they can get. But it's never been my focus. Let me tell you something about psychic hotlines. I used to work for a psychic hotline. Multiple ones, actually. And undoubtedly, I've always quit those hotlines. And here's why. Psychic hotlines are rigged to force the reader to lie to you. You see, the longer the reader keeps you on the line, the more money they make. And people don't want to talk to someone when they're not hearing what they want to hear. So what happens is, unwillingly and unconsciously, psychic hotlines train their readers to always talk about what the client wants to hear. And that's wrong. Just because you don't want to hear it doesn't mean it may not be good for you. And just because I tell you what you do want to hear doesn't mean that it necessarily absolutely positively will happen. Life is life. Things change consistently, constantly, all the time. So much of psychic fraud revolves around the psychic, the reader, 
trying to convince the person that they're working with that if they spend extra money, they can fix all their problems. We saw that in the case of the curse. We saw that in the case of the future looking horrible. We saw that in the case of evil spirits being around the person. The same thing is true when a, a psychic reader says that all your chakras are blocked or shut down. And for extra money, they can open them. No, you don't need a psychic to open your chakras, your energy centers. You can do it yourself. There are simple guided visualizations you can do. There are simple images you can look at, simple exercises you can do that will allow you to open those centers. You don't need to pay someone to do that for you, and you shouldn't. Especially at the amount that these so-called psychics charge. $500, $1,000, $5,000—ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Another red flag is when you're seeing a reader and they say, you can only come see me. Don't see anyone else. Don't talk to anyone else. Again, this is a problem. And if you ever hear a reader say that they're special, that they are gifted, that they alone can see the things that they see, that they alone are authentic and true. Then you know you're messing around with a fraud. In any of these scenarios I just got done talking about, you're dealing with scams. And it's best that if you avoid the person that's telling you these things altogether. If you're in the middle of a session, cut the session short and just leave. Last thing you need to do is be spending more money on something that you don't need. But what's the best method for choosing a psychic reader? We know that there are many frauds out there, but I gotta tell you, there are many really good, kind-hearted, nice, wonderful readers in the world, too. People who have taken time to hone their gifts and abilities, who have taken time to learn effective counseling and spiritual advising skills. They do exist in the world. And knowing how to find those people, that's the biggest part of your battle to not having to deal with psychic fraud. And the only thing I can tell you is that word of mouth is by far the best way. You need to get involved in communities where other people take the time to see readers I tell people it's like choosing a doctor. Not every doctor you work with you're going to connect with. And quite frankly, there are some doctors that shouldn't be in the medical field to begin with. But eventually, if you look hard enough, long enough, if you try enough people, if you listen to enough recommendations, you will find the doctor that's right for you. And that makes all the difference in the world. The same is true with choosing a psychic reader. You look long enough, hard enough, explore wide enough, get enough recommendations, you will find a reader that's right for you, that's trustworthy, respectable, and who's not going to take advantage of you. 
What happens if you don't have a friend that you can ask or people that you can get recommendations from? Well, in those cases, I suggest that you take some time to ask the psychics that you're considering working with some questions. And any psychic that you're considering working with should be okay with answering these questions. They're relatively easy questions to answer. And they'll tell you everything you need to know about if you want to work with them or not work with them. If you want to try them or not try them. The first of these questions is, how long have you been in the field? Typically, the longer the better. But I want you to also remember that everyone has to start somewhere. Like I said, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I'm at a point where I don't have to advertise. I don't have to be on the radio. I don't have to do TV appearances. I don't have to do newspaper articles. I don't have to do that stuff anymore. I have enough people that come to me regularly. I built a big enough business that anywhere in the world I know that I'm going to have enough people that I'm going to be fine. I also know that the people that I work with, that they're very good about sharing by word of mouth, talked about that earlier, how their sessions have impacted them and affected them. Second thing you need to ask is, are they licensed? I am not licensed in the state of Kansas, where I'm currently living. Several states do require psychics to be licensed, though. In some locations, that's an entertainment license, and in others, it's an actual fortune-telling license. These licenses are supposed to help prevent fraud. There are also several independent licensing and certification schools and groups that a professional reader may belong to. Now, does a reader have to have a license to be a good reader? No. But it certainly makes you feel like you can trust them more if they have some sort of piece of paper that says that they likely aren't a fraud at what they're doing. You want to ask if a psychic has ever attended school for what they do. Yeah, I know, it sounds like a strange question. But has your reader had any formal training? If so, who mentored them? Or did they take classes? A psychic that lacks formal training may still have great raw talent. But it does tend to be easier to trust someone who can at least show some sort of proof of what they learned and where. I've spent years studying. In elementary school, high school, I did research papers on dream interpretation, ESP, paranormal abilities. I attended the Academy of Remote Viewing and Influencing. I was a part of Craig Hamilton Parker's old Delphi School in the United Kingdom. I was a member of the Rosicrucian Order, a member of the Masons, a member of the group Astara. I spent years studying at the Astrological Institute of Integrated Studies where I learned everything from astrology, numerology, tarot, Kabbalah, 
Reiki, Feng Shui. Psychic development, advanced psychic development, channeling, mediumship. I've studied with a few different Wicca covens. And that doesn't include my personal time studying, too. Numerous books I've poured through in my life. Numerous papers I've written. Oh, I forgot to mention, I also went to the University of Metaphysics. Ocean Seminary. Christian Leaders Institute. That was long before I was involved in this field, mind you. Center of Spiritual Living. Dumb classes with them. Unity, dumb classes with them. The point is, is that I have a great deal of education. Does that make me a good reader? Not necessarily. But it does give me a lot of information to work with. Let's face it, some reading relationships work out and some don't. As long as you're learning something from your session, as long as you're feeling good after leaving your session, then that's something important to return to, something important to come back to. You can also ask the psychic that you're thinking about working with what their psychic specialty is. Because i got to tell you, if someone is a palm reader, you shouldn't expect them to do a numerology reading. If someone is good at locating lost objects, but not very good with romance, you shouldn't expect them to answer love questions. If someone says they channel information, you should ask them what channeling is. Terminology is very tricky. What I consider to be channeling may not necessarily be what someone else considers to be channeling. Same thing with mediumship. What I consider to be a mediumship session may not be the same as what someone else considers to be mediumship. I often tell my clients I'm not a medium. I don't specialize in connecting to people who've crossed over. Never have, I never will. I channel. And for me, channeling is getting information from the other side. Usually spiritual guides and or angels. But sometimes people who've crossed over come through in channeling sessions. And when they do, I pass along the information. But again, that's not a specialty of mine. I specialize in helping people heal. And sometimes that's through working through the past. Sometimes that's through knowing how to work towards creating a better future. You should also ask the psychic that you're considering working with if it's okay for them to see another psychic. This is a simple question, but it's one that's going to tell you a lot about the reader that you're working with. Because a professional reader should never have a problem with you seeing another professional in the field. Second opinions are always good. Not only that, but sometimes getting a session with someone different will reveal new or different information that's worth considering and processing. 
If you ask a reader, is it okay if I see someone else and they say no, then one, their ego's too big and you probably shouldn't be working with them. But two, that falls very much in line with those psychic fraud things that we were talking about earlier. About this idea that you should only see me, that I'm special, and no one else can do this except for me. And again, as we said, that's simply not true. One last thing I want to mention before ending today's show. It's always important to remember that nobody can, nor should they, totally and completely dictate life and what's going to occur in the future. Psychic information should be used as food for thought. Psychic sessions can provide helpful and important insights in many a life situation and even help promote inner healing. They should not, however, be the only method that you use to make decisions in your life. Additionally, when you are in a real crisis situation, it's far better to contact a professional doctor, lawyer, counselor, etc., as opposed to relying solely on any type of intuitive reader. If you find that you get to a point where you're relying only on a psychic before you have to make everyday choices, it's quite possible that you need professional help of a different kind because you may have a serious addiction that you need to get a grasp on. Bottom line, don't believe everything a psychic tells you. Always have independent thought, independent will, and make your own decisions in life. As long as you're doing that, you're going to find that life ends up moving much better for you than when you choose not to do that. I want to thank you for listening to the Align with Spirit podcast, and I look forward to seeing you next week right here. You've been listening to the Align with Spirit podcast, hosted by John Culbertson. The Align with Spirit podcast is supported by the contributions of generous listeners like you. For more information about John Culbertson, the host, or to help support us, please visit the website mysticjohnculbertson.com.